People can see that. RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. Executive Councillor Geoffrey Lamb says he hopes Hong Kong can draw in more mainland tourists and show it's no longer a cultural desert. A toxic microbiologist says it's time for Hong Kong to axe the remaining COVID restrictions, saying the city is now in a post-pandemic era. And economists say further spending vouchers won't do much for Hong Kong, but the FTU says they're needed for struggling families. Executive Councillor Geoffrey Lamb says he hopes more mainland tourists will come to the SAR in the months ahead and that they'll find a Hong Kong that can no longer be described as a cultural desert. In an exclusive interview with RTHK, the Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker said it's no surprise that the number of mainland visitors has been low since quarantine-free travel resumed early this month as people had already made plans for Lunar New Year. He expects the flow of visitors to pick up soon and says they'll find plenty of new attractions. People can see that Hong Kong is changing. It is not a cultural desert. We have the Hong Kong Palace Museum and the M Plus Museum. Tourists want to bring their families here. Hong Kong really has a lot to offer. Top microbiologist Ho Pak Leung has called on the government to axe the remaining COVID restrictions as the SAR has entered what he called a post-pandemic era. The University of Hong Kong expert says it's high time for Hong Kong to drop the outdoor mask mandate, noting that most Hong Kongers have already been vaccinated. The government earlier announced that COVID patients no longer need to be quarantined from next Monday and that coronavirus will be treated as an upper respiratory disease. Dr Ho said there should be a transition period to ensure that things go smoothly, but he added that some of the existing anti-epidemic policies are not aligned with the administration's position saying, for example, hospital staff and students still have to do rapid antigen tests every day. An economist says a fresh round of spending vouchers is unlikely to bring long-term benefits to the economy, arguing that two previous handouts did little to lift retail sales. Hong Kong has received a $10,000 handout last year and $5,000 the year before, and Financial Secretary Paul Chan is facing calls to offer a new round of vouchers in his budget next month. But Simon Lee, an honorary fellow at the Chinese University's Asia-Pacific Institute of Business, said vouchers may not be the best way to revive the economy. I think there's no need to hand out spending vouchers this year. It's more important to get the economy back to pre-pandemic levels. The vouchers can only boost the economy in the short term. Meanwhile, a unionist lawmaker insisted that more vouchers are necessary, saying many businesses are still struggling to stay afloat despite the end of COVID restrictions. Kingsley Wong of the Federation of Trade Unions reiterated the party's call for a new round of vouchers that can be used to pay everyday items such as water and electricity bills, unlike previous handouts which could only be used for shopping, dining and services. He said there was still a need to ease the economic burden on families. Many citizens have been suffering for three years. We are seeing light at the end of the tunnel, but the economy has not fully returned to normal yet. So I think it's important that the government gives us some help. There's been a new deadly gun attack in California less than two days after 11 people were shot dead by a gunman near Los Angeles. Police say seven people have been killed at two locations at Half Moon Bay, 50 kilometers south of San Francisco. Here's the San Mateo County Sheriff, Christina Corpus. The motive for the shooting is currently unknown. 
Through investigation, the suspect identified as Chung Li Zhao, a 67-year-old Half Moon Bay resident. At 4.40 p.m., Zhao was located in his vehicle in the parking lot of the sheriff's substation here in Half Moon Bay by a sheriff's deputy. Zhao was taken into custody without incident and a semi-autic handgun was located in his vehicle. And now to the weather. It'll be mainly fine and dry and cold at night. Temperatures will drop to around 12 degrees in urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. There'll be fresh to strong northerly winds, occasionally gale force offshore and on high ground. And the outlook is cold tomorrow morning with temperatures dipping to about 10 degrees in urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. And the current temperature at the observatory is 16 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 43%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. A court in Washington has convicted four members of a far-right militia group known as the Oath Keepers of Seditious Conspiracy for their part in plotting to stop the certification of President Biden's election victory in January 2021. Two months ago, the founder of the group, Stuart Rhodes, and another defendant were convicted of the same sedition charge. Here's the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. All four defendants were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, as well as conspiracy to obstruct the certification of the electoral college vote and to prevent members of Congress from discharging their duties. I am grateful to the prosecutors, agents, and staff for their outstanding work in connection with this matter. A report from the UN Office on Drugs and Crime has revealed that the number of global trafficking victims dropped during the height of the pandemic. The BBC's Bethany Bell reports. The UNODC report said the number of trafficking victims detected globally fell by 11% in 2020. It said pandemic restrictions may have temporarily made it harder for traffickers to operate. But it said the pandemic may also have weakened law enforcement. The report expressed concern that most victims escaped from traffickers by themselves instead of being identified by the authorities. Convictions of traffickers were decreasing. It said women were three times more likely to suffer extreme violence during trafficking than men and children almost twice as often as adults. A former minister in Mexico's government, Gennaro Garcia Luna, has gone on trial in the United States, accused of accepting huge bribes from a drug cartel. The BBC's Nada Torfik reports from Washington. Genero Garcia Luna was Mexico's top cop and the public face of the so-called war on drugs under Mexico's former president, Felipe Calderon. But in court Monday, prosecutors said he betrayed his oath to his country. While he was in charge of fighting the Sinaloa cartel, they allege he was actually its most valuable asset, providing its members with information about their rivals and safe passage for drug shipments, all in exchange for multi-million dollar bribes. But Mr. Garcia Luna's lawyer said prosecutors had no credible evidence. Brazil and Argentina have announced plans to create a common currency that would be used to boost trade between South America's two biggest countries. Speaking alongside Argentine, pres- Argentine President Alberto Fernandez in Buenos Aires, President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva said they needed to find ways of financing commerce without relying on their stocks of U.S. dollars. What we're trying to work on right now is to have our finance ministers with their economic teams debate a foreign trade and transaction float between the two countries using a common currency. 
Why don't we try to create a common currency among the Latin American Mercosur countries in the same way it was attempted among the BRICS countries, Brazil, India, Russia, China and South Africa. I think this will eventually happen. Tennis now and Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina cruised into her first Australian Open semi-final with a 6-2-6-4 win over former French Open champion Yelena Ostapenko in just under an hour and 20 minutes. She'll meet either Jessica Pegg or Victoria Azarenka for a place in the finals. Earlier, the Serbian star Novak Djokovic beat Alex de Menor in straight sets to go through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open, which he's hoping to win for a record 10th time. He said the Australian player had the support of a vocal crowd in Melbourne and presented a tough test initially. First four or five games were quite close. One break of serve in the first set. You know, I started feeling, uh, I guess, more loose, more free to to kind of go through the ball and be more aggressive. You know, I kept my focus all the way through and just, uh, you know, played the best match of this year so far. And Djokovic will play Andrei Rublev of Russia in the next round. Rublev saved two match points to beat the Danish teenager Holger Rune. And football, Harry Kane has become Tottenham's joint record scorer as his 266th goal for the club sealed a vital 1-0 will against Fulham. England captain Kane scored on the stroke of half-time at Craven Cottage. Jimmy Greaves' Tottenham record had stood since 1970. Kane could break Greaves' record in Tottenham's next match in the FA Cup fourth round at second-tier Preston on Saturday. And finally, basketball and the Orlando Magic have ended the Boston Celtics' nine-game winning streak with an upset 113-98 victory. Orlando are three places off the bottom of the Eastern Conference. In other games, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton return from injury as the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Detroit Pistons 150-130. to That's all the news from RTHK. Thanks, Barry. Good afternoon. Uh, this is the Holiday Brew through Tell 2 with James Ross in for Phil all this week. Still to come, Merrin Pierce and Spiders.
Dead or Alive, and you spin me round, right round, like a record. Uh, yes, we're going to be looking at the world of spiders uh, through the lens of one Marco Chan. Uh, shortly, Marco uh, attends HKU. He is a great photographer of spiders, and Merrin Pierce is going to be introducing us to him. About ten minutes from now.